appreciate our choir coming tonight, or part of our choir, and uh, I really appreciate our folk coming tonight. I know there's some of them probably haven't had any supper yet, but uh, Brother Dwayne Brown is a bus driver tonight, and I, I think I heard through the grapevine, and sometimes that grapevine gets twisted, but I Maybe he may be going to buy y'all some food after service, all right? So he's, you that's on the bus, you just, you just, uh, my wife had surgery so she couldn't ride the bus. And uh, so, uh, well, let me know where you're going to stop so I can stop too. And, uh, but anyhow, I appreciate you coming tonight, Brother Rex, our musicians. I choir tonight, a part of them. I appreciate them being here and being in service tonight. Thank you, preacher, for letting us come. Yeah. I mean that from the depths of my heart. And I'm excited about what God's doing around here. Man, I started just stopping running around that building seven times over y'all a while ago. I did. If I'd had time, I, I, I probably wouldn't have run around it. I probably would have walked around it. And uh, man, alive. It's exciting days at Calvary, isn't it? Amen. And I appreciate what God's doing for you. We pray for you, folk. I pray for this man of God right here, my dear friend. And uh, I appreciate what the Lord's doing around here. I really do. And uh, these are exciting, exciting days. I was thinking this afternoon about your church. Down through the years, God's allowed me down through the years to build a few buildings. Uh, well, he didn't allow me to build them. He allowed me to be there when they were built and uh, different places where I pastored. And uh, that's an exciting time. That really, really is. I know we'll forget this when I was Turner's Creek. Uh, I think we built uh, on the auditorium three different times, built one whole auditorium. And I remember the last one we built. Uh, man, we was packed out. We didn't have nowhere to put the people. And so we moved down into the gym. And uh, stayed in the gym for one year while we built the auditorium up there. And uh, one year. During that one year in the gym, we grew so much when we went back in the auditorium. First Sunday had set chairs out. How about that? And, uh, but boy, it was good. I'm telling you, God bless and I praise God for it. And uh, I, I like what, what's going on around here. Listen, don't take it for granted. You, listen, you come here and I hear this man of God preach every week. Uh, he's one. I love to hear him preach. I hear him preach on radio, and uh, you got a good man of God. And I want to tell you something. Listen to me. Don't take that for granted, friend. A good spirit of God, good services, God moving in your church, uh, people being saved, and everything the Lord's doing, building new building. Uh, God's good to y'all. Amen. And I appreciate what the Lord's doing here, and I'm excited with you about it. And it's so good to be here tonight, man. I was so excited to see Brother Zach, and his family, and I don't know if they was here. I guess they're gone now. But anyhow. Oh, there they are. Man, it's good to see them tonight in the service. And uh, every week, we don't only support them financially, we support them with our prayers. And uh, every week, every Saturday afternoon, before you go to your pulpit on Sunday, I promise you, uh, 1309 Northwood Church Road is praying for you. Amen. I appreciate you and your wife. I appreciate what the Lord's doing through y'all. And, and I tell my church all the time, I said, now, we don't really know what else happened today in the service when we close on Sunday night. We really don't know what else happened to after midnight because all of our services are not done to after midnight he's three hours behind us and uh, so they uh, we, while we are over there eating at Burger King they probably having people getting saved amen and uh, amen and uh, we uh, all the reports really don't come in to Monday morning everybody with me and uh, yes, sir, and I appreciate what God's doing there, and I, I appreciate the goodness of God tonight. So good to be here tonight. I was looking at the lineup, and I like that picture. I want some of my people to take a picture of that. You see that black hair? I like that. that take a picture of that picture on our website. See that black hair? And uh, of course, that chin just a little bit long, but other than that, it's uh, amen. Uh, my daddy'd be proud of me if he seen that tonight. Black suit, white shirt, and black tie. 
That's what the old timers wore. And uh, yes, sir, I like that. Good to see. But I was looking at the lineup while I go, who's going to be here preaching this month. And I sat there and I thought to myself, what in the world am I doing here? I'm mad alive. I, uh, when I saw that, I feel like a cross-cut saw in a chainsaw convention. And uh, man, I want you to look with me tonight in the book of Psalms. Thank you for letting us come, preacher. I mean that. And I told my church, I said, we got to go to Calvary. They have been to our church and been to our church and been to our church and uh, been over and sing many times. And I appreciate the ones that did come tonight. I appreciate you coming. And we appreciate y'all always coming to Northwood. Always got an open door there. And anytime your pastor walks in the door, he's got an opportunity to preach. I'll promise you that. And I love hearing him preach. I mean that from the depths of my heart. If you study your Bible this evening, you'll find in the Word of God many times in the Bible there are many different mountains that's mentioned in the Word of God. When you come to Psalm chapter 22 tonight, Bible says in verse number one, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why hast thou so far from helping me uh, from the words of my roaring? Now, when you come to Psalm 22, you have a mountain that's mentioned right here in this Psalm. And the mountain that the Psalmist is talking about tonight is Mount Calvary. I preached a few weeks ago at our church out of this psalm and I preached on David's perspective of Calvary. And you, I will tell you in these verses in Psalm 22, how the psalmist gives some things in this psalm about Calvary that's not even given in the Gospels. And a tremendous psalm tonight. So when you come to Psalm 22, we have what's called Mount Calvary. When you flip one page, you'll come to Psalm 24. And in Psalm 24, we have what's called Mount Zion. Bible says in Psalm 24, verse number seven, I lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? Uh, the Lord strong and mighty. You know what that means? That's talking about Calvary. He won the battle at Calvary, amen. Uh, strong and mighty, and mighty in battle. You know what that's talking about? That's talking about the resurrection, amen. Uh, he got up, he sure did. I uh, lift you up, he, uh, he, uh, heads, you, uh, you gates, and lift up your everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Now in Psalm 22, you have Mount Calvary. and Psalm 24, you have Mount Zion. Thank God one day after a while, we're going home, amen. And when you got Mount Mount Calvary on one side and got Mount Zion on the other side. Uh, when you got two mountains, what's in the middle? A valley. And I want to go down to the valley with you tonight and uh, talk to you a little bit tonight out of my favorite psalm tonight. Last year about this time, I was preaching through Psalm 23. And uh, my people here tonight knows this. I think it was 13 messages. I preached out Psalm 23. But there's one thought in Psalm 23 that has stuck in my mind over and over again. Now, it's going to take me a little time to get to that thought. I'm going to lay a big foundation and put a little house on it. Will that be okay? And uh, I'd, uh, I, I'm not the way I'm used to be. I, I'm not a helicopter preacher no more. I've got to have some runway. So I want, to, <laughs> I want to get to what I want to say, but it's going to take me a little bit to get there. Psalm 23 and verse number one. The Lord is my shepherd. Can I stop and say this? If you don't have Rod and Batum's book on Psalm 23, you need to get it. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Man, I read that this evening and I, I, I thought, damn. I thought, dear Lord, we'll be at Calvary to midnight. But here we go. Psalm 23, verse one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. If you underline or mark in your Bible, underline that statement because that's what I'm after tonight. Uh, thou anointest my head with oil. Thank God I'm glad tonight he can anoint you with oil this evening. How uh, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm interested in verse number five tonight, uh, but it's gonna take me just a little bit of time to get there. Bible said in verse number five, thou anointest my head uh, with oil. I wanna talk to you about that little thought tonight. But before I do that tonight, let me just say this tonight. I uh, to understand this tonight, and I, I know we got scholars in here tonight that has forgot more than I'll ever know. And uh, I know you probably have already taught this. I know your preachers already preached it. How about you let me preach it just for a minute? I love Psalm 22. Uh, Psalm 22. 23 and Psalm 24. Hey, when you study these Psalms tonight and Psalm chapter number 22, it talks about the cross. As Psalm chapter number 23, it talks about the crook. Right here, are you looking at me? This one, this crook. And Psalm 22 is talking about the cross. Psalm 23 is talking about the crook that is in the staff. How about Psalm 24 is talking about the crowning? How when the King of Glory comes? As Psalm 22, if you'll study tonight, how it deals with our provisions. As Psalm 23 deals with our protection. How about Psalm 24 tonight deals with our prospect, how even in days to come? And Psalm 22, if you'll study tonight, it talks about the Good Shepherd dying for the sheep. As Psalm 23 tonight talks about the Good Shepherd caring for the sheep. As Psalm 24 tonight talks about the Good Shepherd. Out returning for the sheep, thank God. How when you come to Psalm 22 tonight, how you'll find there's a hen that is stained with blood. At Psalm 22, there's a hen that's stained with blood. At Psalm 23, there's a hen that secures the sheep. At Psalm 24, how there's a hen that's sovereign over sin. How when you come to Psalm 22 tonight, how he's taking care of our pace. As Psalm 23, he's taking care of our present. As Psalm 24, he's taking care of our future. Hey, hey, hey. I said in Psalm 22, he's taking care of my past. Amen. As Psalm 23, he's taking care of my present. But thank God in Psalm 24, he's taking care of our future tonight. Hallelujah for the Savior this season. Hey, thank God for the good shepherd tonight. Now notice in this psalm before I get to my thought tonight, he says in verse number one there, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. How the Lord is my shepherd. I was looking at that again today and I can't preach this. I shouldn't even go there. How about I was looking at this again today. How that word Lord is a good word. How it's the word Jehovah. And he said, the Lord Jehovah is my shepherd. Now, I'll just say this tonight in passing this evening. I'm glad he's your shepherd. I believe he's preacher with John's shepherd. I believe he's preacher Lunny's shepherd. I believe he's his shepherd. But I will say, thank God, hallelujah, I'm glad I can say the Lord is my shepherd. Hey, listen up. There's no doubt about that. There's no question about that. 
how there's no but if and ends about that. I'm glad I know the Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah, thank God. I said the Lord is my shepherd. He says in verse number one, the Lord is my shepherd. You see down that verse, how about he says the Lord is my shepherd. Now to be a shepherd, I must be some sheep. And uh, hey, I'm glad I'm his sheep tonight. I give unto his sheep eternal life, he said, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man. I pluck them out of my head. I'm glad I'm a sheep this evening. I'm not a goat, but thank God I'm a sheep this evening. Are you listening to me this evening? I, I said in what J. Vernon McGee said. Now, J. Vernon McGee said this. J. Vernon McGee said, sheep are dumb. J. Vernon McGee said that. J. Vernon McGee said, sheep are dumb. He said, they're dirty. He said they're hard-headed. He said they're filthy. I thought not about a Baptist church. <laughs> hey, did you know sheep are that way this evening? Hey, you take a sheep tonight, they have no, listen, they have no sense of direction. How they don't understand anything, they have no sense of direction. You take a cat down the road five miles, he'll beat you back. You take a dog up the road this way, he'll be back where you are. But you take a sheep cross the road, they'll never come back. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. Listen, they have no, they have no yeah. sense of direction at all. How they're dumb, they're dirty, they're filthy. I want to tell you, that's about I was in one day. I was lost without God. A daddy sinner, yes, sir. But, but, but I'm not going to preach that, but I just want to say, by the way, I found this out also about them sheep. A sheep. He, 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 can't, he can't even see but 14 feet in front of him. I didn't know that, and I studied this. And, uh, and can I tell you something tonight? I can't either. I know y'all laughing, but I really can't. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. And in all thy ways, acknowledge him. Hallelujah, glory to God. Every day of my life, he directs my path. Oh, yes, he does. And uh, you know what else I found out about a sheep? I'm not, I'm not gonna preach it, but I did, I did read this. You know, they, their diet is strange. They won't eat just anything. It's gotta be good, green, tender grass. That shepherd, have you read Philip Keller's book? How that shepherd, carpenter's only good as his tools. You guys criticize preachers to study. We won't have to listen to you preach too long. We know how much you study. Say amen right there. But uh, I, I, he said in that book, he said them sheep won't eat just anything. But that kind shepherd will lead them to higher plains and lead them where the grass is green and tender. Now you take a goat, bless God, they'll eat anything. They'll eat a tin can. They'll eat garbage. They'll eat kudzu. They'll eat anything. But a sheep won't do that. Oh, no, sir. But look at verse number one. The Lord's my shepherd. I shall not walk. Thank God I shall not walk. Thank God I shall not walk. Hey, there's a fountain. Hey, there's a fellowship. Hey, there's a future. Oh, we shall not walk. Look at verse two. He said, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Boy, you talking about peace. That deep, still water. You talking about peace. Oh, yes, sir. That's another message. Look at verse three. He restoreth my soul. How that word restore means to energize. How that word restore simply means that restoring an old house or an old car. I want to tell you, thank God, sometimes I get weary. Hey, sometimes I get discouraged. Hey, sometimes I feel like throwing in the towel. But thank God he can restore. Yes, he can. Oh, yes, he can. But look at verse four. He says, yea, though I walk 
through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil sight with me. I'm not going to preach it, but I'll just say this in, in passion. <laughs> There's a shadow, there must be a light. Hello. Look at the verse again. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil sight with me. Thou rod. And thy staff, they shall, I'm going to verse five, I'm going somewhere, say with me, thou rod, thou rod. That shepherd's rod was two and a half feet long, just like when I got in my hand. And that rod is a picture of none other than the Bible or the word of God. Thou rod. It was two and a half foot long and that rod was used for several things. First of all, it was used for a weapon. Now, when some wild animal would come in and would attack the sheep, the shepherd would take the rod and he probed the animal away, whether it's a wolf or coyote or whatever. Uh, you say, what in the world has that got to do with the Bible? You know what my defense is tonight? Hey, I'm preaching good. Are y'all listening? Hey, you, hey, you know, I, this is a weapon this evening. Hey, the devil can't do anything with the word of God. Was, that rod was used for a weapon. That rod was used for correction. Yes, sir. That rod was used for examining. You remember the book of Ezekiel, also in the book of Exodus, it talks about Israel passing under the rod. Uh, and they would take that rod and what they would do, they would, they would examine. When's the last time you washed your head? They would, they would examine. Uh, are, you listening? are you listening? Hey, I'll tell you, it's a picture of none other than the word of God. I thank God we got a weapon. Thank God we got something to correct us. Hey, thank God. Passing under the rod talking about Israel. Hey, God, listen to me tonight. Oh, the word of God will examine you this evening. I don't doubt to have a bunch of preachers judge me. I got a book right there. Hello, are you listening? And uh, so I want to say, he said, thou, I ain't going to preach this, but he said, thou rod. Then he said, thou staff. That is actually a real shepherd's staff. I bought that. It came Ohio. The Amish people made it in Ohio. That is the exact size that they used in David's day. As a matter of fact, if you study, that's, uh, that, uh, that uh, the staff was six and a half foot long. That's exactly what that is. And that staff is a picture of none other than the Holy Ghost. I said the rod is a picture of the Bible. But I don't say the staff, thank God, is a picture of none other than the Holy Ghost living in our hearts tonight. And you know what that shepherd would do? I'm not gonna preach this, but I'm gonna give it to you. You know what that shepherd would do? You know what he'd do with that staff? If he touched them little lambs that was born many times, the mother would have nothing to do with them. So he would take his staff. He'd take his staff. And when that little lamb got away from the mom, he'd take the staff and just kind of push it back up to the bosom of his mother. Some of y'all slow. You know what the Holy Ghost is doing tonight? He's pushing me real close. <laughs> yes, sir! It's, it just call it, it's magnifying him. Hey, the Holy Ghost don't magnify itself. It makes much of Jesus tonight. And what he would do, he would kind of push it up next to it. And boy, I said, I'm tell you, that's exactly what the Spirit of God does. That staff tonight. And by the way, when one of them little lambs or sheep would fall off a cliff, you know what he would do? He'd take that long staff reach down that cliff and get that little sheep around like this and bring it back up. 
I want to tell you, I want to tell you tonight, there's been a many a time I felt like throwing in the towel. I felt like I fell. I felt like I made a mess. But hallelujah, are you listening to me tonight? Aren't you glad the Holy Ghost tonight can pick you up tonight? It's a, I'm not gonna preach it, but it's a picture of the Spirit of God. And by the way, that shepherd would get weary. That shepherd would get tired. That shepherd would feel like quitting. And so many a time, the shepherd would just lean heavy on the staff. Oh, oh yes, sir. It, it ain't me. It ain't what I can do. It ain't what I can say. It ain't what you can do. Have a thank God. It's that treasure of the Holy Ghost on the inside. I'm not going to preach on that, but I'll, I like it. So he says in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For thou art with me, thou rod and thou staff, they comfort me. Thou rod and thou staff, they comfort me. Now I got to get my text. Look at verse 5. Thou preparest a table. Oh, I can't, I can't leave that. How many likes going to the table? Man, like my wife tonight, she fixed one of the best chicken pies I've ever eaten. She fixed that good chicken pie, put vegetables in with it. I, I, I guess that's what it was. I liked it so good. Bless God, I went back again in Jesus' name. I sure did. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, the Bible says in verse number five, thou preparest a table before me. And aren't you glad God can spread a table? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I will tell you, David told said, go down into the land of Lodabar. Find old Mephibosheth and bring him up here. Boy, when they go down and get old Mephibosheth, boy, I, I know down in my mind, he probably thought, why he's gonna be killed. Why he, they're gonna murder him. They're gonna kill him because of Saul's situation. How about say, bring him up here for Jonathan's sake. Everything that God does, he does it for Jesus' sake, amen. Brings old Mephibosheth up to the house. Bless the Lord. <laughs> Man, he sits down at the king's table. He lay him on both feet, can't walk, and he sits down at the king's table. And while he's sitting there at the king's table, you don't even see that. You don't even see that he's lame. You don't even see those legs that are dangling under there. And uh, boy, he sits at the king's table, and he don't only sit one time. He sits there continually. Amen. Hey, can I tell you something about God's got a table? You listening? Get a little weary. Some of these folk leave good fundamental churches and says, the reason I leave, I don't get fed. The reason you don't get fed, you didn't bring nothing, get nothing in. That's what your problem is. Uh, that's good preaching. I know it is. Are you listening? Hey, hey I'm glad there's a table. Psalm 78, the Bible said that God prepared a table in the wilderness. I tell you, I come through, I come through John chapter number 12 the other day. And boy, when old Lazarus, when he got him up out of the graveyard, and chapter number 12, they sat down at the table and had a meal, thank God. That table was used for three things. It was used for entertainment, enjoyment, and enrichment. But I ain't gonna preach it. Look at verse five. Thou preparest a table for me to praise my enemies. Now here's my text. Thou anointest my head with oil. Now that's not a strange statement. That is a very familiar statement in the Old Testament. Quite often in the Old Testament, they was anointed. If you look in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 10, verse number one, Samuel anointed Saul to be king. And uh, they was anointed over and over and over again. And I'll tell you, when they was anointed, you know what the Bible said in that chapter? 
uh, when he was anointed with the Spirit of God and anointed uh, whatever, he turned into another man. Amen. Yeah. Hey, can I tell you something tonight? Hey, I, I, I'm glad that other man's here tonight. Hey, I tell you, Alan Barker ain't much, but thank God. Hey, when the other man shows up, hallelujah, he anointed him. Are you listening? But notice in this text tonight, and again, I'll just say this. That's found quite often in the Bible. James even said in the New Testament, if there's any among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church. It didn't say give him a taste for the sick, come down and get healed. That ain't what it said. It said let them call for the elders of the church. Anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. They've committed in sin, they shall be forgiven. And the prior faith shall save the sick. Uh, anoint all is not a new thing at all. And he says in this verse here tonight, thou anointest my head with oil. Now let me give you this real quick. I got two points and I'm done. Number one, I want you to notice first of all, this was done physically. That shepherd would anoint that sheep physically. Uh, uh, we're going to see the physical side, then we'll look at the spiritual side. First of all, that sheep, what, that shepherd, what he would do. He had a bag such as I have in my hand. And he'd fill that bag with a mixture of oil and some other stuff. And would stir it up. And the shepherd would carry the bag on his side like I have right here. And uh, uh, when a sheep had a problem, he'd take that bag off. He'd open it up and many times those sheep would get cut. Many times they would get bruised. Many times they would even have sunstrokes. Yeah. Psalm 121 talks about that. Uh, sunstrokes. Many times the flies would get in their nostrils and their ears and they would get infected. They had what was called black flies. Everybody had supper, black flies. And uh, they didn't only have black flies, they also had what was called deer flies. And, uh, and when those flies, they would torment those sheep. Uh, they, they absolutely would torment them. They'd buzz around their head and they would torment them. And many times those flies would, uh, would deposit their eggs in the wall of the sheep. And as they would deposit those eggs in the wool of the sheep, many of them would take their head and run them against a tree or against a rock and try to get those flies and try to, that thing that was tormenting them. Many of them, when they would get by the flies, would lose weight. Many of them would lose their sight. Many of them, they tell me, would even die in that day. If they didn't get oil, if they didn't get some oil, if they didn't get some oil, they'd die. I said, if they didn't get oil, they'd die. Are you listening to me? On, that shepherd, he would take that. He would anoint that sheep and would apply that oil. And those that got the oil that was applied to them, they got help, thank God. And uh, they was touched and they were healed and they went on. And uh, I want to tell you, when you study about the shepherd and the sheep, you'll find that it's so true. But I got studying about that the other week. And I thought... That's not only true physically. That's true, that's true also spiritually. Let, let me ask you a question tonight. Those sheep would get wounded. Those sheep would get cut. Those sheep would get bruised. And had they didn't get help, I'm telling you that many of them died. Now I'll ask you a question tonight spiritually this evening. Have you ever been cut? Have you ever been cut? Baptists are good cutters. You say, how do you, why do you keep talking about Baptists? I are one. 
I'm not one of them kind though. They, I, have you ever been cut? Oh, listen to that. Hey, Baptists and, and folks sometimes are the world's best at doing that. They know just how to say it. They know just how to insert the knife. They know how after the knife gets inserted spiritually to turn it just a little bit. Now, I know where I'm preaching tonight. I'm preaching one of the greatest churches in the country. I realize that tonight. And one of the greatest in the co- churches in the country is here with us tonight. Uh, but I want to tell you tonight, in our good fundamental churches tonight, oh, so many times the sheep gets hurt and the sheep gets cut and the sheep gets wounded and if they don't get help, are you listening to me? They'll die. I said they'll die. Come here a minute. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been cut? Some of the worst kind of cuts you can ever have is from your family. I talked with a family today. And they have been wounded and they have been cut. One of the family members was talking to me today. They was, they, it got beyond the wound part, it got into the bitterness. And when you don't get help, I'm talking, and isn't that a shame? Let me tell you something tonight. I have one of the greatest families in the world. God allowed me to marry one of the greatest women in the world. And she had one of the greatest families I've ever met in my life. And not only her family, my family. During the time that her mother was in the nursing home, all those eight years, we did not have one cross word with her brothers or sisters. During the time that her dad went home to be with the Lord, there wasn't one cross word, not one, not one. As soon as her dad went home to be with the Lord, we immediately had sent her mom and daddy's house to put her mother in the nursing home. She would not live with us. She did not like me. She would not live with I didn't mean that. Boy, I contradicted everything I just got done saying, didn't I? No, she thought I was the greatest person in the world. She's in heaven, so you can't tell her no different now. And uh, she's so proud of me. She's so proud of my family. And uh, all those years, she was there. Not one crossword. My daddy's in heaven. My mama's in heaven. And uh, in my immediate family, just a few years ago, there were 11 independent Baptist preachers. I'm talking about in my, I'm not talking about aunts and uncles, I'm talking about in my family. And to have 11 independent Baptist preachers in one home and not get in a fist fight, it's a miracle. (laughs) Huh? Not one time. Not one time. But I want to say in the ministry down through the years, how sad it is. Man, I, I know where there's families tonight that hadn't spoke to brothers and sisters in years and years. I, I, even the situation some time ago, a funeral I was connected to, uh, the family, even the brothers and sisters, wouldn't even come to the mother's funeral. How sad. How, I, 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 come here a minute. Have you ever been cut? You, you say, well, preacher, you, you just don't understand. Well, honey, we've all been cut. There ain't nobody in this room that hasn't been sliced or cut one way or the other. Oh, it's bad to get cut by your family. It's bad to get cut by a friend. I'm gonna make a statement, y'all. I know you're not gonna believe it, so, but you will believe it one day. You don't have nearly many friends in this world as you think you do. Brother Gene Goodman, my dear man of God, friend, Brother Goodman, used to say this, and I used to say something wrong with him. Brother Goodman, you say if you've got five true friends in this world, count yourself blessed. Now, Brother Goodman, you evidently not wearing any deodorant. Something wrong with you. The older I get, the more I'm beginning to believe what he said. Have you ever been cut by a friend? 
I'm talking about a friend. I'm talking about somebody that you felt like, that hurts, friend, I can't help it. That hurts when somebody cuts you. I remember years ago, and don't you ask me the story, and I'm never gonna reveal who and where. My wife's on one in this room, knows what I'm talking about. Had a group of men cut me that I thought would have walked through hell for me. I would them. And they took a lie, and they believed the lie about me and some things in the ministry that was a lie. And uh, I got called in on the carpet. And when I got called in on the carpet, I just sat there and listened to it. And when they got done, I looked at every one of them, and I said, everything you've just said is a lie. And I want to tell you something. Had somebody told me that about you, I would have never believed it. I walked out of that room that day. That's the lowest I've ever been in my ministry. That's the lowest I've ever been in my life. I'm talking about folk that have served God with you for years. And, and, and are you listening? Have you ever been cut by a friend? You ever been cut by a family? Have you ever been cut by a church member? Are, are you listening? To, I'm talking about, I'm going somewhere with this. Listen to me. You ever been, have you ever been sliced? You ever been cut? You better hear what I'm saying. You say, well, preacher, I'm not. Well, God bless you. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing, you'll probably never get cut. I stood with a preacher some time ago, and I'm not going to reveal who he was. God knows this is the truth. I was afraid he was going to commit suicide. Man, these people sliced him, cut him apart, told lies on top of lies. I've seen that man of God, one of the greatest men of God in this country. By the way, he's passing a church with hundreds now, doing an awesome job. But I've seen that guy at a point in his life. One night, I, I, I really, I began to, I, I was afraid to leave him. It was that bad. Folk told things that want out. Did you know, can I say something? We all not get mad at me. Is this, is this building got a back door unless I need to go this way? Some of the cruelest, meanest, hateful Deceiving people I've ever met in my life in churches. Now, having just said what I just said, I want to hasten to say this. Most of, the, most of them are the best people I ever met. Boy, it got quiet in here. You say, well, folk won't do that. I wish you was right. But I'll tell you what, you're going to get cut. Are you listening to me? I'm telling you this evening. Oh, that 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 that, that little sheep when he'd get wounded and get cut. Oh, thank God the shepherd would come to his rescue and take him up and pull in. Are you listening? Many times when those sheep would get cut, hey, they didn't. I'm, I'm happy if you listen to me. Had they didn't get help, guess what would happen? After those deer flies were laid, those eggs in the wool, parasites. Did I say that right? Say it, say it. Parasites would set up. That's the thing it eats from the inside out. That's the living thing on the inside that enjoys you. It's eating. It's just in our eating. Are you listening? And what happened? That sheep didn't get no help. What happened? That sheep didn't get no oil. Somebody cut it. Somebody hurt it. And, and, and I will tell you, that old parasite set up on the inside. Many of them would die as a result of that. Can I tell you all something tonight? 
I know a Baptist tonight has got a lot of parasites. Oh, that, bit, that root of bitterness has sprung up in there. And you know what it's doing? It's just eating away. It's just eating, it's eating off somebody else. It's feasting off somebody else. Are you listening to me? Oh, I'm trying to tell you tonight. Listen tonight. Listen to me tonight. Oh, in good churches, good churches if you're not careful. Oh, that root of bitterness has sprung up after somebody's touched you. I don't know if I've ever told us here or not. I, I see what time it is and I'm done. Just about, just about. I went back in my calendar and tried to look today to see if I'd ever told this illustration here. If you ever build a house and change locations, forget about records. I still got a computer, but, I, but anyhow, I don't think I've ever told this here. God called me to preach 40-some years ago, 46 years ago. And... Uh, my daddy told me about a man. Preacher Wichon's going to know who I'm talking about. My daddy told me about a man that God used in the 40s and 50s. He used my daddy, Brother Woodrow Wishon, and this other guy whose name I'm not going to call to bring revival to the mountains of North Carolina. I remember the old timers talking about how those men of God, those three men, how God used them in a mighty, mighty, mighty way. Brother Wishon's dad is one of the first preachers to introduce in Wilkes County premillennialism. And uh, they, they didn't know anything about that doctrine. They thought it was false. But anyhow, God used those three men I'm talking about, my dad and his dad, and this other preacher I'm talking about, used mightily. This particular preacher I'm talking about preached to hundreds. I'm talking about in the 60s, hundreds. People, multitudes got saved. My daddy told me about him. He's an old man when my daddy told me about him. And my... Uh, I asked Daddy, I said, where's this old man live at? He told me, and I said, Rainey will talk to me. I said, Daddy said, yeah, he'll talk to you. So I went up to his house one evening. I got off from work. I did start preaching. And man, I was so excited about serving God. And man, I was wanting to win a world and pastor. I was just excited, man. And I wanted to talk to somebody that had been there and done it. I knocked on his door, a little 10-foot wide single mobile home. I knocked on that door. When I knocked on that door, I heard an old, grubbly, grouchy voice on the other end. It didn't say, come in. It said, it's open. I didn't know where to go in or not. And I walked in, and I introduced myself. And I said, you don't know me, but you know my dad. And I said, God has called me to preach. And my daddy told me how God used you and Brother Wishon and himself back in the 60s and 50s over here in these mountains. I just want to stop by this evening preacher and ask you, what kind of advice would you give a young preacher just starting out? Now, this was 1972, three. And I never will forget this. That's been a long time ago, hasn't it? I can see that man right now. I can see him on my eyes right now. I have never seen nobody look so angry, so mean, so hateful. Here was his first words of encouragement. Sonny boy, you'll learn better. I said, do what? He said, you'll learn better. And for the next hour, I never heard such a bitter, spewing, corrupt, 
spirit. He said, they done me dirty. The church he was at voted him out. And I learned the history of it later. And that old man died. You know how he died? Matter, matter of fact, I shouldn't tell this because y'all going to know who it is. He burned up in that little single wide trailer. Sat in a chair, burned up, burnt to the ground. That old man got hurt. I'm talking about a giant for a giant. I'm talking about, I, listen, I'm talking about somebody I wasn't worthy to tie his shoes. A giant. He got full of bitterness. Hate. He got cut. He got wounded. And those parasites set up on the inside and begin to eat away. 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 That old man died with a heart full of bitterness and hate. Oh, dear God. Oh, Lord. Are y'all hearing me preach? There may be a sheep in here tonight. You've been hurt. And you will. It will happen. I, I, I want to tell you one more time. I don't want to be negative about this. But folk know how to do it. They know how to say it. They know what not to say too sometimes. And they know how to insert that knife and that spiritual dart and throw it. They know how to do that. And what they don't realize is that man of God goes home and don't sleep none all night long. Because he knows where the he or she's coming from. I, I, I wish, I wish somehow or another I could transfer to you these preachers know what I'm talking about. The other preachers know what I'm talking about. I wish I somehow another could transfer to every member of my church the load that the pastor carries. You'll never enter in to what that man right there goes through and his wife. You'll never, you'll, you'll never, you'll, and you can't, you're not going to. And he's, I know Brother Steve Pope, you think he's going to come over here and pitch a pity party? I've never heard him pitch a pity party. I've seen him have some good parties and I enjoyed the kind he had too. I got a little girl in my church, his granddaughter. Every Sunday when she's at church, she comes out. You know what I'm going to say? Yeah, the preacher busted the TV. No, I ain't. You made an everlasting impression on that little gal's mind. She'll, she'll, she'll never forget it. I, I'll say this. Listen to me. You ought to pray for your preachers. You ought to pray for your, pre, your, your leaders of your church. I, I saw that old man. I'm closing. I saw that old man that day. I thought, dear God, what? has God put me in? What in the world am I going to be faced with? I'm glad I didn't know. I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't know. I'm glad I couldn't look back 46 years ago, 46 years forward. You say, is it always been a bed of roses? <laughs> nope. But i tell you what, Every time I get cut, I said every time I get cut, 
the good shepherd says, son, where's it hurt? And I said, right here. Right here. He said, be still. Boy, he'll bring that oil bag over and he'll begin to, he'll begin to pull that soothe and save on that hurt place. How about to run, man? Are y'all listening to me? It's been worth every mile. It's been worth every trial. It's been worth every hardship. I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. I'm just telling you how it is. People get cut. And let me tell you what happens. If they don't get some oil, they get bitter. And boy, those parasites feed off of that. And they eat away. And they eat away. And they eat away. Let me tell you what happens to them people. If they don't get oil and get help, they'll become a has-been. All over this country. All over this country. Oh, yeah, I used to go to church. Yeah, I used to go to church. Yeah, I used to be in there. Matter of fact, we can't even find nobody lost in the jailhouse no more. Let me tell you something. Not all them people are lost. Here's, here's what happened to some of them people. They got hurt. They got cut. And I want to tell you something. If you don't get to the shepherd, if you don't get to the shepherd, if you don't allow the shepherd, I love this right here. I'm, I'm closing. I love this verse right here. The Bible said, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. By the way, that word arm doesn't have an S on it. He can carry them all in one arm. <laughs> hey, man, are you listening? He should carry them in his arm. Are you listening to me this evening? I, I want to tell you, I, I like that scripture over there, and I'm not going to read it, but in Luke chapter number 10, the old boy that left Jerusalem went down to Jericho. He went down. He went down. He went down. Boy, I'll tell you, when he got down, he got robbed and everything else. And by change, a Levi come by, or a priest come by first. And boy, the priest couldn't help him. Religion can't help you. Then a Levi come by. And guess what? That law couldn't pick him up. It passed him on by. But there's a good Samaritan. I'm about to get happy. Oh, yes, sir. There's a good Samaritan come by. Picked him up, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil. Put him on his own beast, tuck him on down the road. Hey, 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 you're going to get hurt. You're going to get cut. And when you do, you better get small. Well, I want to finish this psalm and I'm going home. Thou prepares the table for me in the presence of man as thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I'm not going to preach this, but here's a good thought. In our Lord's day, if the cup wasn't running over, if it was half full, that meant the waitress didn't like you. I've had some of them. My cup runneth over. Them sheep would actually stick their nose down in the bucket and the water would overflow abundantly, run over, run over. My cup runneth over. He says in the verse here, Thou knowest my help, my cup runneth over. I'm not going to preach that. Look at verse 6. I'm closing. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. I love reading J. Vernon McGee. I thought about him when Brother Zach was up here a while ago. 
I met a man when I was in missions out west that was J. Vernon McGee's neighbor, California, when he pastored there. And y'all know how J. Vernon McGee died? Next time I come, I'll tell you. But listen to this. <laughs> you say he died with cancer. Find out how he died. He did die with cancer. But find out what he done right before he died. But here's what I started saying. J. Vernon McGee, when he pastored in Los Angeles, had this lady that was just a little bit slow, kind of like me, come in one day and said, Pastor, pray for me. And the office said, pray for me. said, there's two men following me everywhere I go. Brother McGee said, well, let's have prayer right now. And had prayer with her. Torres said, now you get up and go on. Never, they won't never bother you no more. They're gone. She's happy, went out the door, went away rejoicing. Two weeks later, she came back. Hey, preacher, they're back. They've come back, preacher, they've come back. Hey, preacher, they're following me everywhere I go. He said, ma'am, we need to pray again. We need to pray again. It's going to be okay. Had prayer with her. Man, she got up happy, rejoicing, went on her way. Two weeks later, she came back again. She just cried and said, preacher, they've come back. They're following me everywhere I go. He said, ma'am, I'm so glad you come back. She said, why? He said, I found out who they are. One of them's goodness and the other's mercy. One's in front and the other's behind. Goodness takes care of my step. Mercy takes care of my stumbling. Goodness meets my need. Mercy forgives all my faults. Goodness leads me to repentance. Mercy leads me to regeneration. Goodness calls the prodigal to come back home. Mercy ran out on the front porch and made him. Goodness is a hand of God. Mercy is a heart of God. Hallelujah. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I don't know how in the world I'm going to give this invitation. Some of y'all are going to die. There's somebody in this room going to die. I'm not talking about going down to Bunch Johnson Funeral Home. Somebody might be at Northwood in this room fixing to die. That stuff's eat you alive. I don't like getting cut. Do nothing, say nothing, be nothing, you won't get cut. But I've had so many, I, 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 don't, I don't dwell, I've had so many wonderful things. I'm not going to dwell on the cuts. I, I'm not hanging my joy tree, my joy on a, on a willow tree. I'm not going to let that. I'm not letting you get my joy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Are you listening to me? When I get cut and I get wounded, somebody come to one of these instruments, will you? When I get cut and I get wounded, I just run to the shepherd. I tell you what I found out, preacher. And these older preachers over here, Brother Lundy, is, what, you're 91 or 2 now? I, I, don't, I don't know if this is good or bad. I don't know if it's good or bad. I, I don't really go and confine to, in too many preachers anymore. I used to all the time and still do occasionally. But I tell you what, I've just started doing a few years back. I just started running to the shepherd. He, he won't tell nobody. He won't put it on false book. 
somebody is bleeding. If you don't get it stopped, you're going to die. Let's bow our heads, stand our feet. Heavenly Father, as she begins to play tonight, I'm glad thou anointest our head with oil. I'm glad when we're cut, bruised, and hurt, I'm glad we can get help. I, Lord, I had one desire coming over here this evening, and that's to help somebody. I pray the Spirit of God will take the Word of God, help somebody tonight. Lord, there's a sheep in here. Perhaps those old parasites has already set up and begin to eat away. God, do a work in their heart tonight. Salvage that sheep tonight. God, please do that work that needs to be done tonight. I can't, but you can. And I pray you will. Our heads are bowed and nobody looking around. If God spoke to your heart in any measure at all, maybe you just want to raise your hand and say, Preacher, would you and the pastor pray for me tonight? There's nobody looking with he and I right now. Preacher, would you pray for me tonight? I, I know about that. Good people get hurt. Spiritual people get hurt. Preacher, pray for me. I know about that, and I need prayer. Now, would you raise your hand? I see that hand. I see that hand. I saw that hand back under others. All of them real high. I see that hand. I see that hand. Others. I tell you what let's do. We still got some room around the altar. There's still room around the altar. There's, they, there's room to pray. Why don't we just come bow around the altar now? Don't worry about raising your hand. God spoke to your heart. Come on, pray with us tonight. Come on. I want two or three of the ladies from Northwood come pray with Jan. Ladies, come pray with her. That lady right there, pray with her. Hey, there's, there's plenty of room. We still, man, we ain't filled it all up. There's still room. Come on. Come on. God spoke to your heart. You come on now. Get some help tonight. Let the Lord work in your heart. Oh, my. You're going to get hurt. You'll get cut. But I'm glad we know the good shepherd tonight. Come on if you need to come. Let's bow our heads tonight just for a moment. You know what I really feel like tonight, Calvary? I feel like I feel like we've heard from heaven tonight. There's not even a doubt. Not even a doubt. Somebody here tonight, somewhere along the line, you got cut, you got hurt. And the devil's trying to tempt you to, to get bitter and indifferent have hard feelings or carry a grudge why don't you come tonight and let the Lord pour in some oil tonight I kept thinking tonight while the preacher was preaching he's that bomb of Gilead why don't you come well, listen a lot of folk in the altar tonight I know some folk because they've confided in me it's not been told too long ago they got cut pretty bad what about it time's not late there's room. There's still some room down here. Man, let's listen. Let's walk out of here doing business with God. Don't walk out of here bitter. Don't let the devil steal your joy. That's right. Do business with the Lord. What about it tonight? We're going to pause just for, just for a moment tonight. If you need to come, the altar's still open.